This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Soupy Art Radio and welcome to our show this month where we are getting to chat with the A-Crew Crew Award nominees and I have the pleasure of being joined today by Captain Maria Gracia Franco who is up for the Captain Award for 3,000 gross tons. Maria, thank you for joining us today. I know you are tremendously busy right now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maeve. A pleasure to be here. Maria, can I take you back to one of my favorite questions when I'm getting to talk with people is um, finding out how they got into yachting, because your original story actually began on very big boats, but cruise ships. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, well, I got into to let's say to working at sea because I was a diving instructor. So my first career was in diving. I was in diving industry for many years and I moved to Australia um, many years ago, 20 plus years ago and uh, end up uh, accidentally on a, on a cruise vessel. Uh, the intention was to go there to work in the diving industry or on a vessel, but uh, a diving vessel and I end up on a cruise ship. So we were obviously doing diving as well. But I end up working on deck most of the time, and uh, yeah, worked there three years, and that opened up a complete new career. And uh, and after those three years, I actually had my first interview for a yacht that was passing by Australia, and uh, and that's how I got into yachting. I discovered this uh, this world, <laughs> this new world <laughs> at the time. Yeah, totally different world. And then you know, transitioning into yachting, did you start in as a deckhand or kind of what position did you first come in at? Yeah, I was actually, well, I spent three years there. I already had a yacht master before I even got because I, I used to uh, do sailing race uh, okay. uh, back in Italy. So I already had a yacht master offshore. And um, when I started on the first yacht, it was as a third officer and uh, that instructor. Okay. So I already had three years uh, at sea at the time, and I already had also commercial ticket, Australian commercial ticket. So, so I started as a third officer on that yacht, and then uh, um, after that, I was buzzing on a large, on a fifty meter sailing yacht just briefly. But after that, it's been mainly you know joining as a second mate, and uh, and then progressed and, uh, and did my master three thousand in two thousand and two. And then I got my first captain's job back then. Um, MG, moving your way up, um, in some ways, I, I love seeing women in the position of captain. It's great to have role models for women who are coming up as officers behind you. Do you feel that you faced any extra challenges or do you really feel this is, this is about personality and ambition and it's an equal playing field yeah um it's it's a mix of both um i think if you really want something um 
you will nothing will stop you <laughs> from from uh, achieving it mm-hmm. but i have to say it has been challenging at times i do feel that sometimes progressing to the ranks was a lot more difficult because i was a woman i can tell you that i applied for hundreds of jobs and in which i've been rejected because i was a woman uh, the usual justification was uh, due to cabin accommodation, we're only looking for male, <laughs> uh, which sounds like a poor excuse. Uh, it's considering that I shared for about 10 years with a man that it was not my partner. Um, so there are, there are instances in which I think my career has been you know, slowed down because of being a woman. At the same time, I also got a captain's job because I was a woman and they were looking specifically for a woman. At that point, obviously, the percentage of people <laughs> was obviously available. Mm. It was a little bit less than, uh, than in the male world. It, it has been challenging. I think he, we always have to show that we are better than the men to get the job. So if you, you, they, you're not allowed to be average, I think. Mm. Well, I have to say, um, you know, without offense for anyone, I work with a lot of my colleagues that they were average. Uh, for a female to make a career in this industry, I don't think you can be average. Yeah. So you, you, need, to, you need to work harder, longer, <laughs> and faster and, uh, to, to men. I think that's, that's the main thing. But without, uh, I will never put the fact that, you know, uh, to be a woman is an excuse for not succeeding in this industry, but there is still a lot to, to go, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of road to be, to be followed, to, to go to equal uh, opportunities. Yeah. But as I said, let's not use that as an excuse. Let's, you know, try to get what we want. <laughs> no, but it, you know, I, I think determination, um, strong ambition. And I think I, what is great in the past decade or two is that we have seen more women move into these positions and you know show that it can be done and that you know there's there's the same opportunity but possibly you have to have a bit of a thicker skin yeah absolutely absolutely i mean we have great example i think commercial world uh it's even more so um when i i went back to cruise ships in 2014 for a for a short amount of time and uh, and it was very easy there to progress so you you do progress because based on your skills so i think everybody should be judged based on what they know and what they and what they do rather than uh, sex or, or nationality or any other you know any other uh, features so the the commercial world definitely made a lot of progress in that sense. We have fantastic example of, uh, of a female captain. Yeah. Uh, yachting, actually, with the, I believe, uh, Rev Ocean, so which is going to be uh, once yes. completed, the biggest yacht in the world, one of the captain is a female. Uh, obviously, is a female that comes not from yachting world, but from commercial world, uh, where, as I say, it's easier to, to actually be judged only based on what you can do. And I think the yachting also has different problems, one of which is could be a cultural things, you know, the nationality of, uh, of owners, for example, that are not used to have a female in that determined position. And I'm talking especially for, for the large yacht, you know, the 50 meters plus, yeah. so that is the world I'm living in and I'm working in. So, so in that sense, on a very, very large yacht owned by, you know, certain nationalities will be hard uh, 
to to get a position. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that too. But um, you're up for nominated as captain. You know, for you, uh, the role of captain. You know, the, as I talk to captains. The role is, is as they say, 10% is actually driving the boat. You know, the other 90% is, is all the other responsibilities. But Absolutely. As, as captain, what would you see being the most important parts of your role? I, I normally say it's 5% of driving the boat. And there's a couple of boats that that might even be smaller because they don't go very much. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't do watches either, so I only do maneuvering. So it's definitely five percent, if not less, because <laughs> luckily I have three, you know, three watch keepers, so I don't need to do the watches. Um, yeah, the well, what is I think people skills is the most important uh, is the most important uh, skills they, in this role, and that includes you know dealing with the crew, which is obviously uh, you know the the, the, the one that. It, could be more challenging, you know, satisfying a lot of time, but also challenging at the same time. And people skills to deal with, obviously, owners, uh, contractors, uh, management. Uh, uh, so it's a lot of uh, a lot of that, um, and then depends obviously on the size of the yacht. Uh, the multitasking is a, is a very important one. I I think that's where female are better. At. Allegedly, we are better at multitasking. And to I tell be, my husband you know, this all the time. <laughs> yeah, efficient captain. Uh, I, I think you really need to be very good at multitasking. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. So we have a we have a small advantage there. That I don't know if it's a female uh, characteristic. I think it is, or if the man uses excuse and not to be involved in too many things at once. <laughs> Sorry, man, it's just a bit. <laughs> uh, well, we have this debate because my husband has uh, four daughters and five sisters, so <laughs> he's the very small voice on this debate <laughs> of whether we can multitask, but when he finds the lids off things, he's like, you see, you think you can multitask, but you don't finish it like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so I think, yeah, dealing with, dealing with people is one of the biggest things. And uh, obviously crew, uh, the the keeping the crew happy uh, means keeping the owners happy because in the end the crew are the one that taking care of the yacht and, uh, and they will uh, take pride in what they do and then the owner is gonna be happy so the the the, the yacht the presentation the the service and everything else that goes with it uh, uh, will be you know will, will be a lot better if uh, if the crew is happy so that's uh, the the main job is keeping the crew happy have a good balance of uh, give and take yeah you know remind them that it's not this is not all take the job sometimes i have to remind them that sometimes it's give as well <laughs> but it's uh, yeah uh, the, 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 that's the most important part of the yacht in the end the yacht is made by the human that run it and uh, so Mm. Yeah. Well, that that's a lovely mirroring of um, my other captain guests is um, I, and I, I love hearing it, you know, because the first thought is it may be a super yacht, but it, it's not a charter unless you have the crew and happy crew create the experience that you want for the guests that are coming on board. On, on top of the fact that it's the whole experience, you know, I think particularly for um, seafarers, you're living and working on with this group of people that that experience isn't something you 
finish at five o'clock and and walk away yeah. so yeah um, absolutely. becomes and and the role of captain you know seems with the crew you are leader but sometimes you also need to be the confidant sometimes you need to be the boss sometimes you need to be the parent you know it it would seem that it um definitely has to sharpen your people skills because that's the crew on on the other side you have the professional side of dealing with the owner and and developing that relationship yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you wear a different hat depending on the situations. So, yeah, you the mother in my case it could be father if you're, if you're a male, <laughs> uh, mother, kindergarten teacher, uh, psychologist, uh, <laughs> yeah, sister, uh, brother, sister, auntie, a captain sometimes or just friend. Yeah. So yeah, you have to have. Uh, I think we as a female as well, you can probably show more empathy for, uh, you know, for crew problems that are also personal problems. Uh, I always say to the crew for your peace of mind, you know, especially when we're on the work, try to leave your, uh, your problems at home. Uh, we all have problems and, uh, and uh, it's part of our profession is try to leave all those problems at home, even when they are sometimes very serious. And that's the purpose of our jobs. You know, I can count in numerous uh, situations where, you know, normal person would be home from birth, birthday, weddings, funerals, uh, name it. So there are so many situations where I would rather be home and I, and I couldn't be. So we'll try as part of our profession also to leave aside our personal emotion when we are on the work. But at the same time, we are human. So it comes the time where, you know, your door is open, they come in and they want to talk to you about something else. And that's where you have to, you know, just remove the captain's hat and, and just wear whatever else, uh, you know, to, to, to go through the situation and try to help them as much as possible. Or sometimes even give them advice. I'll, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to advise uh, an adult about what they need to do. So I tell them maybe what I will do and I tell them to try to, you know, choose whatever is best for them. And there are situations where I have to say, I also tell them, choose whatever is best for you, not for the yacht, not for me, not for anyone. There are situations where you have to adapt and you have to understand uh, who you have in front of you and uh, what, is the, what is the problem. And sometimes there are serious situations where you, you will have to put aside the work and then uh, be the confident person that uh, can help them go through. Indeed. So... Uh, kind of taking that a little bit further, but looking at green crew who are coming in to the industry, um, what having traveled down the path a good bit before them, what advice would you give to green crew who are kind of coming into the industry of um, the qualities or the strengths or just some solid, you know, that, Take, take care of this if you're getting into this industry. What would you share with them? Yeah, um, I have to say, okay, let's, if I talk about, you know, the green crew, I will consider green crew that wants to make a career out of this, okay? Because there, is a, there are two different breeds of a seafarer. The one they were on for a few years just to make money in the yachting industry, I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know, commercial, and the one they want to make a career out of it. Uh, we know they both exist and, you know, we get some of those. Uh, not everybody's cut for this career long term, so I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I will always uh, try to 
Um, I always tell them, try to be professional as this was the job of your life. So I will advise to be, you know, to have a good work ethic, mm-hmm. to be professional, to be themselves. Uh, no mask will be, you know, stay for very long uh, when you work and live together. So it's better to show straight away who they are. Um, we all have different, uh, you know, different characters, attitudes and all that. Not everybody will like us along the path and along the way. And, uh, but it's better than people know who they're facing. So whether they like you or not, they, I would want to have the real person in front of me and appreciate that. Uh, the, the mask will fall within a month. Uh, by living together so sooner or later the real personality will come out so we all have a good and bad side but just be be honest and be yourself I will say that obviously consider that uh, um, I sometimes tell that to my crew as well Uh, yachting is not a holiday with some work in between (laughs) it's a work with some holiday in between it's a pretty serious uh, hard work Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes, you know, a lot of hours uh, dealing with loads of different things, uh, living close together with uh, a lot of different people, different nationalities, speak different languages, they have different tastes for things. So you, you don't choose them. Same as you don't choose your family. So you may get along or not with your family. You don't choose it. It's the same for a, same for a crew, maybe not as much as for a captain, because we normally tend to choose our crew, but it's... Not even that is always right. So sometimes, you know, you, you join a vessel and you already have crew and you're still going to keep them. So you, you try to make them the best out of that. So um, it's, a, it's a challenging work and, and needs to be taken pretty seriously. So, yes, we live in a nice environment, uh, but we, we're not here to do the multi-million, uh, multi-billionaire's life. You know, we work for them. <laughs> so sometimes it's a... Don't be disillusioned. We have to understand, we have to understand the, the difference. Okay, so, so it's a pretty serious work and it should be taken seriously. And whether you do it for a day or for a lifetime, for me, you know, the work ethic I'm coming from, and that was even before I was working in this industry, um, I'm always trying to do things well. And, uh, and, you, and I like to think that when I join a, a yacht or a vessel in general, when I leave, I leave it better than when I join it. So I take a lot of pride in my work and I will improve anything, even if it's a small thing out of that vessel, uh, to make people, you know, remember about me. So it's, uh, I think people should be joining with that attitude. And then obviously from Green Crew, train, you know, study, evolve, uh, uh, do anything that will help you to get a job and a better job for sure. And most, uh, most important, don't be in a hurry <laughs> to, to go up well, the steps well. and up the ladder. Don't be in a hurry. This is a very complex job. That requires years and years of experience to be, you know, to understand every every single aspect of them. And if you burn through the steps, you will at one point pay for it. So mm-hmm. if you want to make a career out of that, don't be in a hurry. It's plenty of time to do everything. Okay, plenty of opportunity. Just make the best decision for your career. Take the steps. Take every single one of them. One day, the crew are going to look up at you for advice, for seeing how you do the job. And if you have burned through the steps, you may not be able to help them. 
Mm. You may not be able to know yourself what all the job intake. So it's really important. Take, take your time. The zero to hero you know, mentality is not one that I like. And, and I, I, I didn't used to like it in the diving industry either. It was the same thing. Uh, you know, nothing happens until something happens. And that's the time when you face the difficulties that you want to be prepared. That's the time where you're going to regret that you, <laughs> you skip a few steps. So, yeah, and so take your time. Experience yeah. takes time to accumulate. Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, the more we do something and, and sometimes, you know, we can learn from the things that are the smaller things that we don't think are, are such a big thing, but they can be valuable um, building blocks to where we end up going. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you don't think if one day you will understand. Uh, you know, later in the, later in the road, you will understand why you should take more time. You know, to do certain things. And the, the crew, you know, they you lead by example, and the, the captains need to be respected, uh, not feared. So it's, uh, you know, you can still uh, achieve that people follow your orders through fear, but you need that they follow your order through respect. So they need to respect your position, respect that you know what you're talking about. And then you'll be able to do their job if necessary. And then they will respect you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that that's true for, I used to be a teacher. And on I remember my very first day, my friend who brought me in to be a teacher stood up and all of a sudden the children just went quiet and they listened to her. And I'm like, wow. But it's that presence that comes from, from responsibility, from doing the role that it, it becomes part of your skin. And that's not something you can necessarily learn in a course. It's something you've got to experience in many, many layers in order to have it as part of yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, experience, I was lucky enough, you know, through my career, I spent uh, about 10 years on yachts that traveled the world, literally. Uh, you know, I went to every corner of the world and every ocean. And uh, I built up that experience, consider that I chose, just to explain what I meant, uh, and I was captain back in 2003, and I chose to step back and start from third officer on one, what uh, it was at the time, the largest yacht ever built. Wow. Uh, which, which was, was what size? Octopus. Oh, it was motor yacht Octopus, 126. Ah, yes. In 2003, Octopus was the biggest yacht in the world. I was uh, on the last six months of the build and then sell for uh, six, uh, in total, I was on board for six and a half years. And, uh, and so from captain, I went back to be third officer. I got promoted when we were still in the yard to second officer. And then, you know, uh, didn't make much more out of it. That was the problem. I didn't progress that much. I think that's where my career got stopped a little bit. So I went to the relief chief, the first officer for a very long time. I had a big learning curve for the first few years, for sure. But I, I so I stepped back and I, uh, I took the opportunity also to get my unlimited ticket uh, with it. So I put more study. I thought I was already master. I want to do, you know, the unlimited uh, master. So mm -hmm. I put uh, all every everything I could, done so many courses, I learned so much. And I did it by stepping back, you know, quite mm -hmm. a few steps back. Uh, but I had uh, 
uh, an experience that is second to none. And I have to say, one that not many yachts can say they had. Uh, it's not the usual run, uh, you know, Caribbean med, which is great, by the way. I love, you know, I love the med, for example. <laughs> But it's the experience that comes from traveling and facing all situations, you know, on all oceans. And, uh, and yeah, it takes time. Yeah. So sometimes stepping back it will give you a greater experience than that by keeping a higher position. So um, and, and change sizes, for example, that will help you, you know, a great opportunity. Now I, I, I could be captain on any size because I've been working as an officer on all the sizes. So for me, it will not make a difference being captain on a, okay, we'll not go lower than 50 meters normally, but that's the low, the smallest I was captain on, it was 50 meters, but I wouldn't have a problem to go on a much larger one. I was captain on 72 for, you know, for a year, uh, but even larger because I follow every step of the way. So do the, the selection of the, Charter, private, you know, I've been on both. There are different <laughs> different words sometimes, uh, private and uh, charter yacht. So take take your opportunity to, gr to growth. Try, try many things. Uh, with that, I'm not uh, instigating jumping from one yacht to the other because longevity is very important in this industry. Mm. But when I mean I, I try many things, I, I went, you know, six years on one, three years on another, <laughs> you know, two and a half on another one so not six months jumping around in between yachts which is, doesn't look good on your cb but uh take every opportunity that is there don't just look at the rank and don't just look at the salary again if you're in for the long term you're looking you, for the you experience. will get there eventually you will get there eventually <laughs> wonderful well uh, Bria, can i ask where do you want to go from here because it kind of seems like you've ticked a lot of the boxes you know, um, what's the, I'm just curious, yes, what's the next step? <laughs> you know, where do you go from? Well, I have to say, I'm very happy where I am. You know, uh, it's 56 meters. Would I want to be on a big, on a larger one? Yes, for sure. It helps to have a larger team as well. Uh, I'll be, I love to have a person. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would too as captain. I've because, talked to uh, you at them recently. <laughs> Yeah, when we were talking about how much of your work is that, yeah, uh, accounting is a large part of my work. I definitely do more accounting than I drive the yacht, for sure. Um, so, yeah, larger yacht will give you the person as a minimum, which I would love to have at this point. Um, and also, yeah, a little bit more comfort, more space, for sure. A larger team. A larger team is actually easier to handle than a smaller team, huh. funnily enough. Diluted uh, dynamics. Right. The dynamics, exactly. The small team, you have to have everybody that gets along with, with each other. On a larger team, you can afford, uh, you know, little groups uh, forming. You don't want that, ideally, but you can afford it. Uh, it's not going to ruin the atmosphere on the yacht, but on a smaller team, uh, yeah, up to 15, 16 people, it's it's quite hard. From 20 plus, you start having, you know, a bit of room for uh, for having somebody who doesn't get along with everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like that. But that said, I'm super happy where I am. Uh, I work with a fantastic owner. You know, I have a great team, uh, great management. Uh, well, management is owners, you know, uh, uh, management. So um, I'm quite happy where I am. Um 
I'm part of a larger fleet anyway, so you never know. It could be an yeah. opportunity in the future for something larger within the same fleet. So I, don't, I have no intention of changing. Uh, I've been here two years now, and I have no intention to change uh, anytime soon. Whether before I end my career, I would want to be on captain on a, you know a hundred meters or whatever. So, but probably hundred meters doesn't even interest me. Uh, I think my ideal size is the eighty to 80, 85 meters, or let's say seventy-five to eighty-five, ninety meters stop. I think after that, you start having other problems. So, I was so going to say you've just got the logistics of where you can go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's too much of a commercial. Yeah. Commercial runner, uh, not many ports you can get into. I think also the experience for the owner changes. Mm. So I think, yeah, the 75, 80 meters, 85, which allows you to have, I work on a 78 meters, which we, and we had 26 crew. That was perfect size, for example. So it was a very large, you know, tonnage, 76 meters, 26 crew. That was perfect. We had every, every role that was allocated. So it was a, it was a very good team. Uh, something like that would be ideally my ideal size, but as I say, it's not the only thing that counts. So I'm, uh, I'm happy in the, in the, the situation I am now. So, I, you well, know, that's I a nice thing to be able to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very fortunate on that. One more question before we go, because you have spanned, you know, two or three different industries now, actually, in your career and all very much related to the marine world. Um, I, I'm kind of keeping it broad to super yacht industry, but there have been a tremendous amount of changes, as you know, on, on many different levels in the past five or 10 years. Um, what would you like to see changing in the industry or the industry developing in the next 10 years? And, um, you know, I, I'll I'm keeping that broad for each person because each person has different kind of passions, um, be it sustainability or mental health or safety or, you know, what for you would be the big changes you would like to see in the industry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you say, the industry changed a lot. Uh, it's becoming wider as well. Uh, mm -hmm. There's so many more yachts, so many more crew. Uh, I don't even have statistics, uh, to be honest, of how many yachts and how many crew <laughs> there are out there. But definitely the industry has growth. Uh, and uh, you'll see also with the amount of the, the size of the yacht, you know, the amount mm -hmm. of yachts of 100 plus. So obviously with a, with a growing industry and growing number of, uh, of crew, you, you, you're facing, uh, you know, more challenges and more uh, uh, and more problems as well. Yeah, the mental health is to be uh, quite a large subject uh, uh, lately, I I don't think because that change. I think it's only because we're becoming more aware and we talk more. Mm -hmm. I don't think the problems that you know we face in the past were any in any way different. Um, I think it's just people are more open to talk about it, and uh, and yeah, it's definitely one thing that uh, is becoming more and more uh, uh, popular. Um, Again, probably captains can be uh, can be the first good uh, point of contact for a, for a crew member that has you know the feels uncomfortable in any way. So you will hope that you will uh, you will pick up the mood and uh, and try to help if you can if you you know if you if you see signs in time. That is obviously when he's not the captain needing uh, needing that help. <laughs> That's the other side. That's and where the person can be. Yeah, you want somebody else that will pick it up <laughs> from you. 
um, yeah, sustainability. That's again another 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 subject. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, the yachting industry sustainability that's uh, in a way collides a little bit. It does. Um, yeah. When on we think on the other hand, you know, it does collide. On the other hand, if you flip it over the past four years, we've been broadcasting the there is such a bigger um, talking of it. And we've seen solar powered catamarans and we've seen new Absolutely. design builds and discussion about hydrogen powered super yachts and you know, the developments of things like Water Revolution Foundation, where they're trying to bring in changes within the industry to make it better. And I guess Absolutely. I hope that that if, if we can make some of those innovations, then they can bleed on into the other parts of the marine industry. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. Look, I just to tell you uh, my my background, uh, I started diving when I was 16 years old, okay, so long, long time ago. Um, when I was 20, uh, well, when I was uh, uh, first, I became dive instructor at 21. So just mm -hmm. after I became a dive instructor, and we're talking about the 90s year, mm -hmm. okay? I remember I, them well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and early 90s. <laughs> and uh, we, we, my diving school, uh, we started a campaign uh, in Italy, I'm from Italy, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, we started a national campaign. Uh, we touched 12 ports in uh, uh, 12 ports in Marina in Italy, col uh, you know, covering the whole country. We were doing on the Saturday a press conference with the local authority and uh, the companies that were doing the recycles. At the time, oh, we were yeah. talking about uh, used oil, batteries, uh, plastic, metals, uh, so the, the most common you know, things to recycle, and they are present in a marina in a port. So press conference to try to put together uh, all the various sites to find an agreement so that that port could actually start a, a proper recycling uh, um, facilities. On the Sunday, we were doing a, a demonstration dive uh, we were diving in the port, uh, so our diving school together with the police, carabinieri, so customs, uh, the, the, the divers of the, uh, of the, of the, you know, the, the mm -hmm. forces, to help us uh, uh, pick up whatever was on the bottom of the port. So you, you wouldn't believe it what we were, oh. <laughs> what we were finding uh, back in the nineties there. Okay, and anything you can ever imagine, it was at the bottom of those ports. Mm. So that was ninety ninety two. Just okay. for our younger listeners, in the yeah. 90s, we didn't talk about plastics. We actually didn't even realize that plastics going into the oceans were a problem. Not and in problem. many parts of Europe, and I can say in Ireland at the time, we may have had glass recycling, but that was the most of it. If you wanted to recycle anything else, if you were in Germany, you might have been ahead. But, you know, loads of places, they didn't even have recycling programs. So no. you were, you know, kind of really so we were sort of pioneering, yeah. pioneering on this. And that was 1992. Okay, are we talking about? Now, if I walk in a marina or those certain marinas today, we still don't see the level of recycling that we would like to see. And that's 2021. Okay. Yeah. So um, as I lived in first person and I was one of those people that was trying to, you know, to make that happen, I think, unfortunately, the progress has 
to the law on that sense. And we, we should start thinking a lot. Well, I think some people start thinking a long time ago. We did back then. So uh, all those problems are fantastic. I think that, that we, the awareness for everybody uh, yeah, needs to get there. Um, maybe not fast enough. <laughs> it's not moving fast enough from my mm -hmm. point of view, having lived what I lived over the past 30 years. But it's it's good to see that more and more are becoming aware. Obviously, the you know the owners' input, the management input in this is is, is paramount. It's hard for a crew to just uh, you know to be the first uh, to to uh, to actually do something about it if it's not coming from above. So it's uh, uh, I think an improvement in the industry. It's very important that comes from above. I've been talking you know, many times about the, uh, is the same as promoting women. You know, promoting women in the industry needs to start from above. So we, we management, uh, uh, charter company, uh, recruiting company, uh, and owners need to understand. So they, they, you need to let owners understand that we are as capable as a man, if, we, you know, if we're talking about that, uh, or, or any nationality can do. Because I can understand when you say that you need to speak a good English, you know, for a person. But when you say English native speakers only, you're already discriminating. So that's another thing that I don't like to see in this industry, being obviously a not English native speaker. But I lived for 20 past years in country that speak English. I, done, I have a high national diploma in nautical science in English. So... Getting discriminated simply because my first language is Italian is the same as being discriminated because I'm a woman. And this would be the same if your first language is German. You know, if my English is good enough to get a university degree, it should be good enough for an owner. So um, are those type of things that have to stop, you know, in 2021, I think. As, as you yeah. know, having um, a language as your first language does not necessarily mean you know how to use it well, <laughs> you know. Well, I look, I spell for native speakers, native English speakers, all the time. Oh, I can spell better than I don't than think that. we were taught. I, I think people who learned English learned the grammar and the phonetics of English so much better than those of us who grew up with it. Because, yeah. you know, there was, I'm still learning. It was only when I trained as a Montessori teacher, I went, oh my God, I had no idea there were so many rules in English. Um, you know, it, having, um, learning English as a first language, I think is one of the biggest achievements because it's an extremely complicated language that doesn't have the same rules. Um, so if somebody is fluent in reading and writing in it, then... Yeah really it, the bigger question is are they a good communicator yeah yeah exactly exactly so but they're all so as i say i think everything going back to what we were talking about the subject so sustainability or environment and all that should definitely start from above and then we have to make we have to be responsible as well because then in the end we are the operators of that vessel so you can make it as sustainable uh, ecological as much as you want but then the operators need to do their part as well so and and we try you know you try and be the segregating and all of that but then you go in marina and you look at it yeah you segregate and then you look at the track and all it gets put in the same skip <laughs> you lose the will to segregate you know yeah. so there are there are many things that need to improve. There is a lot of talking, but then we we have to look at the practical aspect uh, as well. So, 
a lot of work needs to be done still. And I'm all in favor of that. I'm definitely, you know, I, as a diver, can you imagine if I'm not in yeah. favor of, uh, you know, preserving the ocean? I see so many changes uh, uh, done. But then when we're talking about uh, continents of plastic floating in the ocean, I can tell you from my experience, as I say, I travel everywhere. Uh, we were in a, in a bay in Sri Lanka in front of a tiny little fishing port. And the amount of rubbish that we collected from the water every day to try not to have it to float past our, our yacht because we were trying to keep it clean for the owners to swim, you wouldn't believe it. We collected 10 l very large rubbish bags in a few hours mm -hmm. of uh, floating plastic mainly uh, that those fishermen were uh, just cleaning, coming back from the fishing and throwing everything in the water. And, uh, you know, things like that. Then you wonder why you have a continent of plastic. So yeah. Yeah. when people tell me that mad is polluted, it makes me laugh. They should go and have a look at the Indian Ocean and see yeah. how polluted that is. And this was a tiny, tiny little fishing arbor. So it's, uh, it's, it's a large world and it's hard to change the mentality of certain nations where there are billions of people and without putting things in, in place, I mean, I read just because you were saying that I read an article about and I can't remember exactly. It was India area. I can't remember exactly where, but like that, they had so many problems with the fishermen that what they did is they changed the cycle of it. And because the fishermen weren't getting that much fish, but they were getting lots of plastic. So yeah. they started um, saying, OK, bring the plastic back in will recycle it. They started using it for the roads and paying the fishermen for the plastics they were bringing in. So creating an economy that meant yeah. that they didn't want to be, you know, dumping any and they were taking it out, being paid for it. And then it was yeah, exactly. It's a super road surface. Who knew? Exactly. That something like that will happen because, unfortunately, uh, as I've seen in that continent, the fishermen are the first uh, culprit yes. for for uh, pollution. Yes. Yeah, so try to educate them, and maybe with rewards, uh, they will understand better for sure. Mm -hmm. ah, and we all we all uh, well. Let's talk about the the face mask now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. As we get ahead enough pollution, now oh, let's no. bring some more with those face masks. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about <laughs> Let's not go down there, but I know what you mean. <laughs> well finally MG um nomination was it a lovely surprise to be nominated? Did you know it was coming? Do you know who nominated you? I actually didn't have a clue, and I think I missed altogether the first email, or apparently automated email that came. And uh, yeah, I got an email when it was like two days from closing the nominations, and uh, I'm I'm not sure to be honest to nominate me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out maybe one day. So it was yeah, it was a big surprise. I have to say, yeah, pleasant surprise, big surprise. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I have to say, I'm I'm delighted for all of you because um, there is such a rich body of experience uh, talking with, you know, I'm chatting with captains and pursers and entrepreneurs and uh, just it, fantastic. But I, I love um, hearing the stories behind it and kind of through that understanding why you've been nominated by your peers. I think the crew awards are that place that however high you've achieved in your profession and your career, the crew awards are 
a recognition of who you are as a person, not just how kind of fantastic your bio might be. And so I think you should all be very proud of being nominated. Yeah, no, thank you. That definitely makes it, uh, yeah, even more, uh, more pleasant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, the very best of luck and the very best of luck to you for the season ahead. I'm sure it's going to be from everyone I'm talking to. It's looking like it's going to be a very busy one, which is positive yeah. news for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we were lucky enough. It, well, lucky it, it, for us. Luckily, it was always busy. So, um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, just start of another season. But I'm quite happy because we're coming out of a very long yard. So we are all uh, geared up to actually have some some different type of work. So yeah. it's it was good to just be be back at sea and uh, just be do back uh, on the water. Yeah, be back on the water for sure. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Me, I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, MG. We have been chatting with um, Maria Grazia Franco, who is up for the Crew Award nomination for Captain Master 3000 Gross Ton. Stay well, stay safe wherever you are. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Radio.